You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And fans, we have a fun-filled show for you today. Look, the first round of these NBA playoffs are absolutely phenomenal. We'll get into that. We'll go into uh, a bit of news today from the Boston Celtics. Naomi Osaka uh, conversations as well. Uh, But first to the NBA playoffs, the first round. Danny, Milwaukee Bucks went ahead and swept the Miami Heat, getting a little payback from last year down in the bubble. Uh, and I have to say, man, the Bucks look damn good. Honestly, am now a little concerned, though, with Dante DiVincenzo having a uh, ligament tear in his ankle, uh, not being able to play in the rest of the playoffs. Man, we'll see what happens, man. But I think that's a huge, huge loss especially on the defensive side of the ball on a defensive wing and so as they uh now look to go to the second round playing the brooklyn nets uh it's going to be very interesting to see how this matchup plays uh i don't know danny man i think one of the things that i noticed in the first round here with the milwaukee bucks was the fact that drew holiday absolutely phenomenal in the series man mm-hmm. he has already paid dividends we made the appropriate trade to get Drew Holiday. And I just have to say, man, his defensive presence uh, was just wicked. Not only in the half court, but basically, man, he would body up and go full court against Gordon Dragic. Thank you. And he was, Gordon was actually the huge thorn in our side in the bubble last year they would always switch out onto brook and really i mean he was just straight i don't know man brook is just slow-footed man and goran dragic man he would just go ahead and go to the basket man so big kudos to uh horst for uh bringing in drew holiday huge presence pj tucker huge presence uh I just think that just the whole mindset is totally different with these Milwaukee Bucks. Really fun to watch throughout the whole four games in this sweep of the Miami Heat. What say you, Danny? Drew Holiday, we talked about this way back when he was when they when we talked about who should they acquire. And I was pushing for Drew Holiday and they all of a sudden out the blue they they picked him up for that uh for those draft picks. And the thing we mentioned way back in the day was his playoff presence. Mm-hmm. He's been there before. Yep. He's played in big series. The moment is not too big for him. P.J. Tucker also battle-tested in the playoffs. And then you got to look at the opponent as well. The Heat, they did not look like the same team that played in the bubble last year that made it to the championship. I look at Bam Adebayo was rattled. He just, his game was just off. He just didn't seem like he was 
into the series itself. And a lot of the role players just didn't have it this year. They were missing all the depot too, but I don't think he would have made a difference at all. So I got to contribute this to the Bucks defense and their three point prowess because <laughs> they put it on the heat, man. And this was something that I think Bud has to be breathing a sigh of relief because this is his offense of getting that motion, getting that those threes up and they are hitting them. Mm -hmm. So now moving into the next series, we'll see how that translates, but congratulations to them to get, getting their sweep, getting some rest and getting ready for the Brooklyn Nets. And here's the thing too, Danny, let me just add, Bryn Forbes was on fire this whole series, man. You talk about a huge threat. Mm -hmm. Man, he was on fire from moving around uh, motion, at times driving to the basket, at times mid-range jumper. Man, Bryn Forbes was on fire, man. And we need his shooting to continue, especially with DeVincenzo out being out. Uh, but we also going to need that type of scoring against these Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the other thing, too, got to give kudos to uh, also to Bobby Portis uh, for also having that mindset to really, in their words, be dogs. Mm -hmm. P.J. Tucker, Drew Holiday, and uh, Bobby Portis to bring in that mentality to the Milwaukee Bucks to have a little bit more grit, to have a little bit more uh, aggressiveness uh, to them. Uh, but with DiVincenzo being out, Bryn Forbes, Pat Connington, even Jeff Teague, and for that matter, even Tucker, P.J. Tucker, needs to step up defensively uh, so that way they can defend on the wing because this is going to be, I believe, a long series. I believe this is going to be a long series. I don't know about the Nassus, uh, Giannis's uh, older brother. I know he was injured. Uh, I think they said he'll be out at least two weeks. Uh, this is going on in the second week, so don't know where he is. Maybe he can bring some energy off of the bench, but we'll see uh, how that uh, goes. Uh, but to your point, Danny, yeah, earlier in the season, you and I, we both were clamoring for Drew Holiday to bring the ball up uh, a lot more to really start the offense. And uh, listen to what Giannis uh, said here during uh, an interview with uh, Shaq during the uh, NBA on TNT. I'll do it for him also. Giannis Shaq here, we always thought it was a disservice to your game, especially when you play against a team like Miami, for you to have the ball at the top of the key. How hard was it to you to, you know, listen to the coaches and say, okay, let Drew and them uh, bring the ball up and I'm going to come off the ball and, you know, catch it some other ways? I'm not going to lie, it was, uh, it was extremely hard today, but at the end of the day, uh, if you want to be great, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt a little bit. Um, it's not going to be easy. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that, you know, uh, I can do a lot of things to uh, contribute for my team. I can defend, I can pass the ball, uh, you know, and uh, whenever you open up, I can uh, score the ball. But uh, I think my team did a great job. Just uh, keep looking for me, um, keep taking care of business until I was able to uh, get some rhythm and uh, help my team. And so, Danny, with that, I have to say this, man, for Giannis to say that it was difficult, to give those responsibilities up and everything. I'm just really wondering how this is going to shake out in the next series with the Brooklyn Nets, man. Mm -hmm. Giannis, you don't need to be bringing the ball up all the time. Get off the ball, 
run some action, set some picks, be a part of the pick and roll action, but you don't always have to bring the ball up. And I think every time he brings the ball up, the offense stags, the ball sticks. And so I think with him being more in motion off the ball, man, the Bucks Bucks offense looks a lot better. And then you have Brent Forbes now being able to, this Bucks offensive scheme is going to be uh, very, very good, Uh, especially with the Brooklyn Nets not playing as much defense or as hard of a defense. And here's the thing with the Brooklyn Nets, man. They don't have any down low presence to really defend against a Giannis, to defend against a Brook Lopez. Um, anytime that the Brooklyn Nets faced the Milwaukee Bucks, yes, there were close games. But look at what happened. Giannis abused, yes, abused Blake Griffin. He mm-hmm. abused DeAndre Jordan. Same thing with Brook down low rebounds in the favor of the Milwaukee Bucks. So I, I just think that people are giving this a seven-game series. I can see this going seven games. I can also go see it going six games in the Milwaukee Bucks' favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, purely because you have the likes of Drew Holiday possibly being on either James Harden or Kyrie. Yep. I mean, Giannis could be on uh, the likes of uh, KD. He's, he's tall enough, agile enough. I mean, I've, I've seen Giannis block KD. How often can you can you say that? This is going to be an interesting series, man. Uh, I see it going seven, but I can also see it going six in, in the Bucks' favor. I think a couple key factors before the series even starts from my perspective are avoiding foul trouble. You do not – you want to keep your big three on the floor with their big three – and you don't want Giannis getting early foul trouble or Drew Holiday or Middleton because that'll throw things off because they'll just attack that. Free throw shooting. <laughs> now, they got away with it with Miami. But in this series, in those fourth quarters, because I think these will be close games because Brooklyn's a different team than Miami. And mm-hmm. those fourth quarters, you got you have to hit your free throws. They're hot. The Bucks are going to be in for a long series. So that's where they got to keep at least one in check. And Boston did this uh, last Friday night when they beat the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie had a bad game. Harden and Durant, Durant had almost 40 each, but no one else did anything. So you got to at least limit one of them and finish strong. I think it's going to go 7-2. I think it's not going to be way that Miami just fell apart. Brooklyn's not going to do mm-hmm. that. They have championship no, pedigree no. on the team. And I think this will go seven. I'm going to, dang. I think Milwaukee can get Brooklyn the way they're playing right now. Mm-hmm. My only fear is, my only contingency is, if they're missing free throws, <laughs> Brooklyn has them. If they're making their free throws, I think they, I think they got a really good shot at taking this series. Danny, I, I do want to play, and, and again, thank you to the uh, NBA on TNT. Um, for providing that interview but there is another something else that i would like to uh showcase here and this is uh pretty much Giannis uh indicating in a sense what's what's kind of going on uh in his household as it pertains to uh time off here so uh this is off of twitter and this is off of 
uh, at Bucks uh, off of Twitter. And uh, feel free, fans, to uh, hit us up on Twitter uh, at back underscore porch uh, to uh, really uh, engage us. But here's what Giannis has to say here. Uh, just because you said you're not going to watch the game, you're watching Nets. Is it just like a text you get? Like, oh, hey, the Nets won, we're playing the Nets. Or is it like, oh, the Celtics? Good. I don't get texts. I just, I leave my, I leave my phone in the, in my, in my room. And uh, I turn uh, off the notifications. People that they didn't talk to me all year, they text me now. You know, so I leave my phone in my room. I go sit on the couch with my son. I don't watch the games. Do not pay attention in basketball. All I care is about how can I get better? How can I help my, my team? And sometimes, you know, uh, my girlfriend or my brother, like, they tell me about, hey, you know what? They uh, watched the one last night. And then I was like, hey, 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 we're not talking about basketball in this house. This household... We don't talk about basketball. You know why? Because the way my brain operates, all I think about is basketball. So I don't need to talk more. I'm going to drive myself crazy, right? Hopefully we can, you know, uh, keep playing good basketball and keep playing for a, for a long time, for a month and a half, a month and a half, right? month and a half, so we can be the last team standing. So if I keep talking about basketball every day for the next month and a half, I'm going to get tired of it, right? And I'm going to want to escape it. So I feel like I'm at my best when I go back to my house. I watch my shows. I focus on myself. I focus on my breathing. I focus on what I eat. And when I come here, that allows me to give 100% in what, what I do and 100% in what I love. You know, so that's why I do that. So continue with your question, Darius. Mental health is extremely important. And in no way would I for lack of better words, dictate or, or say what goes on in another person's house or another man's house. In a sense, basketball isn't everything. But Giannis, know this. KD may be thinking otherwise. James Harden, who hasn't won a ring, may be thinking otherwise. Kyrie may be thinking otherwise. And know this, that there are reports that Joel Embiid has torn his meniscus in his right knee. Uh, it doesn't require surgery, but he's hobbled. Mm -hmm. So there's a sense of blood in the water mm -hmm. uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers. Hell, Philly need to watch out for the Atlanta Hawks if they decide to advance. So I say all that to say, and I showcase that interview by Giannis and say, I understand what you're saying, Giannis, but man, these Brooklyn Nets may be thinking otherwise, man. They want that ring. They have huge expectations upon them, especially since they formed this super team. So Giannis, what you gonna do on the court? You better make your free throws. Let's start off there. You better not go ahead and get a 10 second violation on the free throw line. Let's start there. You better get some easy baskets because the Bucs are going to have to score maybe a couple times in this series, 140 plus points. Maybe because it goes into overtime, maybe because it's the result of missed free throws or made free throws, whatever. If there's ever a time that there's blood in the water, now's that time. So Giannis, the Milwaukee Bucks, Go ahead and go get it. So, Danny, any other news, any other thoughts about this first round so far? 
my Lakers. <laughs> Man, last night was rough. It Damn. was it was hard hard on the eyes. I got to go to bed early last night. <laughs> I got to retire at halftime. Half time. <laughs> at halftime. Listen, I text you. I was like, Man, Danny, you might as well go on, go ahead and go to bed because this 30 point lead, man, they ain't coming back from this, man. <laughs> so tomorrow night is game six in LA, and we'll see with AD. I don't think he's going to play, man. A groin injury, if it's as severe as they're saying, it's going to be tough for him to play. And I know he's after all the hoopla last night with him not playing and some of the comments made towards him as far as being a street clothes and everything. He may try to, he may try to go out and give it a go just due to that, but uh, tough, man. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Dame dollar last night, man. <sighs> to put up 55, 12, three pointers to set the record and to lose. Man. I'm, there's a couple teams, man, after this playoff, after the playoffs complete. I'm very curious on the next steps. Portland is one of those teams pending. We got to wait still to see how this series ends because they still have game six tomorrow night. But Portland is one of those teams where they keep getting to a certain point and obviously Stotts is on the hot seat. So what are they going to do? Man, look here, man. Stouts is gone. Yep. He's, he's gone, man. Um, it's time. We have Stouts as a coach uh, for Milwaukee Bucks, but at this point in time, with that statement game yesterday by Dame Dollar, <sighs> man, going into that first overtime, that last possession, I knew it was going in because I just I've seen it before by him. I was like, he was a gathering. I was like, man, that's going in. I knew. That's going in. And it went in. Look, man. They're going to have to bust that thing up. They're going to have to bust that thing up. The Portland Trailer Blazers are going to have to decide what they want to become. Do they want to become a championship team right now? Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, they are going to have to trade, I believe, C.J. McCollum. Yeah, there has uh, to be a shakeup. And CJ McCollum is the one yeah. that makes the most sense. Yeah, it's gotta be a shake up, man. And for him to step out of bounds. Tough, man. Come on, man. Come That's on. Tough. So I I think he needs to he may need to be uh, be gone there in a trade of some sort. Uh, but it's gonna have to be a huge shake up. And I can see honestly, um they're gonna have to trade for another star. Mm-hmm. That's the only way this can be this can be done. Yep. Uh, I'll be interested to see what coach they will get. I'll be very interested in seeing what happens there. And now to some news by the Boston Celtics and where uh, Brad Stevens uh, is elevated to the front office while Danny Ainge actually retires from uh, the Boston Celtics and. Now, Brad Stevens will look for a new coach for the Boston Celtics. Danny, when this news broke uh, today, I was uh, flabbergasted, and I was honestly uh, 
a whole lot of things swirled in my head. I'll put it like that. Brad Stevens doesn't have a lick of front office experience, man. Brad Stevens started off as a coach, uh, obviously, with Butler. Uh, went to a couple of uh, NCAA championship games, almost won it here in Indianapolis. And he ended up, ends up uh, going to the Boston Celtics, done quite well. And now he's in the front office. I thought about a lot of people who may have had experience who were either already within the Boston Celtics organization or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I thought about individuals who whose goal was to be in the front office, whose goal was to be a VP of basketball operations. And this is a position that is no longer available. It was, I mean, heck, it wasn't even available. Nope. This position wasn't even available. I mean, there has been no interviews other than with Brad Stevens. Not even an interview. This thing just happened in the middle of the night. Yep. Boston lost. They may have had a discussion. And then it happens this morning. Come on, man. No interviews. But it it's an opportunity to give someone else a a shot for someone to come in with no experience that we're aware of publicly that makes it makes it makes it a tough tough pill to swallow so to speak so it's very behind the door handshake kind of deal where and there may be more to it that we're not privy to but based on the surface mm-hmm. it just doesn't smell right and here's the other thing too, Danny. So when I'm looking at the Boston Celtics roster here, salary roster, you have Kemba Walker uh, next year at $36 million. You have Jalen Brown next year at $24 million. Uh, Marcus Smart at $14 million. And that'll be Marcus Smart's last year in his contract. Jason Tatum, $28 million. Uh Tristan Thompson at $9.7 million. All I'm saying is the way the Boston Celtics played this year, it seemed like there was just something not clicking, something not right. Mm-hmm. Whether it's whether it was them needing to hear a new voice at the coaching level. Okay, I get it. But you want elev- if if that is the case, you're going to elevate that same coach to a position above the coach that they're going to bring in as a Celtics player. How does one feel <laughs> with this move, man? Exactly. That's exactly it. That's the, because there are rumblings all year that around the locker room and there are issues within the locker room, you have to still deal with the same person on a day-to-day basis as an exec that puts everyone in a, a weird spot. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm curious how this goes and who he hires as his new head coach and how this all plays out. But I know it just didn't seem, we talked about this last podcast, that whole organization. We thought Brad Stevens was what I was going to get fired. Yeah. Just based on how the season went and how the team was reacting to him and his coaching. Mm-hmm. And then this happens, that's where something's just it's, off. It's jacked up, man. Listen, there yeah. are rumors that 
he indicated, being Brad Stevens indicated that he was tired in terms of, you know, obviously going from the bubble to here. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, if you're tired, what do most coaches do when they're either fired or decide to step down or whatever the case may be? They take a year off. Yep. Probably recharge, get on some, Recharge the batteries. Recharge the batteries, get into – uh, you know, some TV spotlights here, some commentating or whatever here or there. Yep. And then after they get recharged, probably that, that year, uh, they would go ahead and get back into the coaching circles. Man, he gets elevated. I don't know. I just think that there are several qualified players or excuse me, executives itching for a job opportunity who have been doing this for a number of years grinding for a number of years to have that opportunity and uh here's this one just totally gone so but you have a lot of assistant coaches who's been assisting for a number of years itching for an opportunity to coach i'm just hoping that they get that opportunity patrick ewing couldn't wait he's been assist he was assisting for a number of years multiple teams and uh, Charlotte's one team that I believe he was a assistant coach for couldn't get an NBA position interviewed couldn't get over the hump what does he do he goes to his alma mater Georgetown I just think that it's a shame that we have a lot of great minds sitting on a bench behind a head coach not getting opportunities, executives, potential executives grinding for years, not getting the opportunity in a coveted organization, that being the Boston Celtics. I don't know, man. I think the NBA players, the power that they have, they need to speak up a little bit more regarding those matters as well. We also have Naomi Osaka, who has decided to withdraw from the French Open uh, due to mental health-related matters. And kudos to her, man, in my opinion. Listen, you got to do what's right for you and your mindset uh, and all and, and do what's right for your personal health. But, Danny, I have to say this. In looking at the responsibilities of the... WTA, that is the uh, Women's Tennis Association. Looking at their rule book on page 119, there's a, a section for media sponsor public relations responsibilities. In that section, Danny, did you know that each player who's a part of a tournament, a main draw for singles, and doubles player. These are for singles and doubles players. They have so much responsibility, man. Pre-match interviews, pre-match interviews. It has to be. Uh, they need to conduct one pre-match uh, interview with the broadcaster, host broadcaster, television interview, uh, which should be coordinated by the WTA. So it could be an on-court entrance, practice courts, or a mobile location convenient to the player then there's the post-match media activity um so it could be the likes of a post-match press conference and in that in that post-match media activity players are required to be available for at least 20 minutes 
but no more than 60 minutes to participate in post-match media activities, win or lose, which must include one post-match press conference, one host broadcaster television interview, one WTA news feed interview, one home broadcaster interview, one host broadcaster studio visit per week if requested, uh, one sponsor meet and greet session if requested. If a player wins a match on a main stadium court except the last evening match of a day. And one radio interview provided, however, that if a player has fulfilled the other media activities uh, that I've just mentioned, if applicable, um, a radio interview is optional. All I'm saying is this, Danny, and it goes on and on and on, man. We got the likes of timing as a section. Uh, it's, man, it's just a whole hell of a lot, man. Point being, man, it's a lot of interviews, a lot of stuff that happens. And, you know, some may say, well, that's what you signed up for to become a, a professional sports tennis player. I understand that. I get it. We see it. We have seen it with a whole lot of uh, other players, what have you. But if you're asking the same questions, man, over and over and over, man, that gets tiresome. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm happy that she decided to focus in on herself, what's good for her well-being, mm -hmm. and she's doing what's right for her and her family. What's that, you, Danny? Well, she had an interesting quote. Uh, it says, I am not a natural public speaker and get huge waves of anxiety before I speak to the world's media. Really get nervous and find it stressful to always try and engage and give the media the best answers I can. The question is then too for her, what is it going to take for her to overcome these obstacles that she's facing? Because this is not going to change, right? In her profession, this is going to be day in and day out unless they make some modifications. Because I know with her doing this, they're looking at modifying some things. But I think it's also just, if being an introvert or being someone who doesn't want to speak, it's not going to change. They can modify the meetings and the time you're with the media and things like that. But public speaking is, a, is, a, is tough for some people, especially if you're introverted. So it, it causes unwanted anxiety mm -hmm. and all kinds of different things that I can sympathize with her on that. But that's where then to... I hope she gets the help she needs to overcome that so she can focus back on her actual tennis and do something behind the scenes yeah. to work through that. I'll, I'll say this about it too, Danny. Yes, the uh, Grand Slams, they're going, they are considering other alternatives, what have you. I mm -hmm. think they're going to have to make some changes, man. This is the 21st century. When was the last time these rules were actually reviewed and, and modified for mm -hmm. current times? Here's the other thing, man. As a as a player, it's interesting. As I re read that, mm -hmm. it brings me to every time. Yes, a match would start in the finals or something like that. You know, they always do the on on court interview. Yeah. I remember Serena; she would have her uh, headphones <laughs> on. Everybody would have their headphones on, concentrating and trying to focus. Yeah, in, in the tunnel right before they get on the court, and what happens? They get interviewed. Yeah, I'll be like, man, what the <laughs> hell is this? 
I don't want to talk to you. I'm trying to focus on the yeah. match at hand. I'm not trying to focus in on no interview and all. And even though those interviews are very short, that's besides the point. You messing up my thought process. You're messing up my my flow right mm-hmm. before I'm about to enter into this match. So I hope they really change a, a lot of that. I think it would be different if right instead of right before they get on the court, maybe an hour before. Yep. Or not how about not even before? And then the post game comp hey man, the post game or the post match, listen, that's just kind of how it is, man. I mean mm-hmm. people gonna want your immediate reaction yep. to what just happened. Yeah, I think uh with that too, it's a different world now we're in. So a lot of the players, so I wanted to see what Venus and Serena were saying. Venus, this was her quote. For me personally, how I cope, I, how I deal with it was that I know every single person asking me a question can't play as well as I can and never will. So no matter what you say or what you write, you'll never light a candle to me. And then Serena said she has thick skin, paraphrasing, mm-hmm. versus others have thin skin. Mm-hmm. And those times where they came up, it's a different world now. There's a more of a focus on mental health. So back in the day, it was just like, all right, deal with it. Get out there and play. Mm -hmm. And this scenario, this situation sheds a different light on things where now, like you said, they may have to pivot to not necessarily account for, I'm not saying mental health, but they just need to look at, 2021 and not 1983 or something like that like you said who knows how old that rule book is and all the obligations they have to so i think it's something where it brings a focus to it it brings some attention and we'll see how they move forward yeah man it's looking at this rule book man it's it's they're gonna have to look at this man because they have a section called timing and it says here, a player is required to complete her singles or doubles post-match media activities within 60 minutes following her match, uh, except, and there's some exceptions here mm-hmm. uh, and everything, but nonetheless, uh, man, it's, it's a whole lot of media responsibilities here and everything. And this kind of reminds me a little bit of what, um, you know, KD, Kyrie, has said in the NBA, like, Katie was always been like, man, I just want a ball. Get all these media mm-hmm. responsibilities, you know, in a sense, I have, you, you have access to me via social media. I think that has been really the big difference between now and back then, the fact mm-hmm. that there is social media. So if there isn't social media within this rule book, then that's something I think needs to be uh, really looked at and and indicate what would be uh, satisfactory um, in in really trying to do this here, man. Um, so this man, this is all together interesting. Social media now has likes of you can do live video, mm-hmm. so instead of doing it within 60 minutes of, uh, of doing a post-match uh, com- conference 60 minutes after the match, why not just say, okay, maybe within a day's time frame. 
12 hours or something like that, you know, more time just to provide more time for, so the players can digest it all. And you may not, as a man, you may not want to interview somebody who just lost. But that's where you get the raw emotion. That's where with any sport, you catch somebody as soon as they, they lost the world series or won the world series for baseball or the NBA championship or at March madness, you catch somebody, right. That's where you get the raw emotion. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, you know, that's the media's job. That's what they're yeah. paid to do. So that's where there, there has to be a fine line because the media obviously is important in sports. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. finding that fine line, is uh, what I think this uh, brings to the attention, especially within tennis, because they, you know, with yeah. the, this story being on Naomi. So what is that fine line and how do we move forward in the social media era to make sure that the athletes, no, I agree. The athletes are taken care of and the media media is taken care of. I agree. And, and lastly, my last thought here is, yes, this the media helps pr- to promote the WTA or women's tennis uh, and everything. But to your point, it's got to be a fine line, man. Um, and I think, honestly, I think this is going to be a template for other sports. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. So uh, we'll see how, how this all goes. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.